We are in Sefer Yeshayahu, Perik Yudalid, Pasuk Aleph, Ki Yerachim Hashem Es Yaakov. Um, just to point out that Yudalid and the way it flows from Yudimel is a perfect example of what we've been saying, that often there is no reason or um, logic to the way they've divided the Prakim. Because at the end of Yud Gimel, the last phrase says um, that the Korov Lavoitavi which means that as far as Bubble is concerned, its end of days is near, its days will not be dragged out, and the parak ends. But Pasak Aleph of that next parak begins, Ki Yirachim Hashem, because the Kodesh Baruch. So it makes no sense to divide it but it is divided. So we pick up on Yudzalad Amud Aleph, and it says, Kirachem Hashem is Yaakov, that the Kodesh Baruch Hu will have compassion on Yaakov, Uvachar od be Yisrael, and will choose again Yisrael, Vihinacham alad mosam, he will have them resting on their land, Vinilvo hager alehem, and the uh, proselyte, the gerim, will be drawn to them. Vinispachu al beis Hashem, they will choose to join themselves with the nation of the Kaddish Baruch So, what are we saying? It's ki rachem Hashem is Yaakov. Is one phrase uvachar od be Israel. Is it two different things or is it the same thing? Rashi, for example, says, that's lush, to follow his promise on to take them out of Bavel as fast as he can. Second, Uvachar Obi Yisrael is talking about in the future, when the Yemos HaMashiach. And the Mephoshim point out, that initially, and this is what Yeshayahu was talking about, it was to be one Golos after Bavel that would be both the Golos from Bavel and the Golos Hamashiach, but it didn't materialize. Let me, let me ask you a question, Hilly. So between the, the uh, B'nai Israel returning from Babylon, Babylonia, and uh, rebuilding the temple, until let's say 1948, was there ever like a political Jewish control, total control over Israel? From Golos Bavel? Yeah, I mean, when, yeah. look at the Romans, the Syrians. Yeah, so there was another, there. right, there's another 400, 500 years of the Second Temple, 400 yeah. years. But in that period, wasn't the, weren't the Jews basically, that uh, Israel was never fully independent. Right. Yeah, it's a fair statement. From the 70s, uh, right. it was from the Gaulus of uh, Rome. Yes. So is it fair to say yeah, that they, Israel they, is a, now the first time since then that the Jews are sovereign right. in Israel? Right. So what went wrong? What went wrong here? And for that, you go to um, Sanhedrin tells us that it was all said. The Gaulus Ending the ending of the Golos of Bavel was going to be the arrival of the Mashiach. Why? Ezra, 
Ezra was as great a leader as they ever had. Sanhedrin says maybe he was a notch below Moshe. Zerubbabel, who was the first king when they returned from Babylonia, was a king worthy of Meshichus. The stage was set for Meshichus. What went wrong? What went wrong is Ezra tells us that when Koresh, we would call King Cyrus, of um, Madai and Paras, he did so much to encourage the Beis Hamikdash to be built, the second you're gonna see in Ezra when we get to it. He gave them the money, he gave them the materials, he encouraged people to go. And what happens? Ezra goes with 42,000 people, that's it. He managed to put together 42,000 people Kohanim, a lot of them, most of them didn't go. Levium didn't go. And what it teaches us is that something that has haunted us through our history is that sometimes we get a little too comfortable in Golis. Bavel, after Nebuchadnezzar died, yes, it was tough, the exile itself, but living in Bavel was not such a terrible experience. We saw it was one of the golden ages of Torah learning. They built yeshivas like in Nahardea and Pompadisa, and we have the Talmud Bavli, was written in Bavel. So we saw the people grew very comfortable with Bavel, and again, we see it in our history, even going back to Egypt. And the Farshim say only one-fifth of the eligible Jews to leave Egypt left. We see it in our own time. Uh, perhaps we saw it in Europe in the 30s and 40s. People did not get the signal. We see it maybe now in, with the state of Israel. People do not make the or plan for the idea they should. So we have a history of perhaps getting too comfortable with Golis, and that is what happened here. So we say he went back with a measly 42,000 people, and that is what ended the concept that there would be the Mashiachus right then and there, and that is why we have two phrases um, that Kirachem Hashem is Yaakov, and Uvachar od Yisrael. Vachar od Yisrael means when the Mashiach comes. It's Mashiach deferred now, but Emir Hashem when the Mashiach comes. The Nilva Hager Alehem. And as Ezra points out, under Koresh's uh, encouragement, Gerim went, proselytes went with them to join themselves to the people of Jerusalem. The Nisbahu al Yaakov. They. Um, Nishabru is what the Radak says. They affix themselves to B'nai Israel. Also, other nations went. Cyrus was so careful, we learned in Ezra, that he wanted people to go with them above El so that they would not have to be frightened of going through enemy territory. He had people go with them, escorting them. To bring them to their place. When they got there, either they became subservient to B'nai Israel, but in any case, even those that remained, they became captives, those who had come 
to their captors, and they had become now subservient to the people that they had been ruling over. So now the Hoya Bayom now return again specifically to Nebuchadnezzar. The Hoya Bayom Honiach Hashem Luchome Atzpecha Umir Gosecha, that now the Kodeshbar who has given respite uh, to the land that he that kept you in fury and anger, Uminu Avoto Hakoshe, and there was freedom from the terrible labors of Shabbat, which Nebuchadnezzar enslaved you. Hosef Dalid, the Nasasha Hamashal Hazef, and you carry this Mashal, this parable, on Melech Bavel, the king of Nebuchadnezzar, to Amarta Ech Shabbas Nogesh Shavsa Mizahava. That literally, um, how is the oppressor terminated? How is we able to terminate the oppressor? The land of gold brought to an end. Land of gold, meaning, you know, Babylonia was the crown jewel at the end of the world, but it also is a play on word. Dehava means gold. We know that Nebuchadnezzar at one point, getting really carried away with himself, built a giant statue of gold to himself that he made the other people and subservient people worship. How has he come to an end like this? Shava Hashem Mate Rishayim, Kachbarah has broken the staff of the evil, Shevet Mishlim, uh, that he smote them uh, with wrath, etc. Make Amin Be'evra, Makas Bilti Sora. He beat them, these nations that Nebuchadnezzar had held in thrall, they was Sora Roda Ba'afgayim Meruda Bali Hashem, that he. Um, put them in, in a darkness. They were now in darkness, Belichasha. They were now totally destroyed, this once mighty empire. And when this happened, the land, the whole world, that sort of breathed a collective sigh of relief. So oppressive had been the rule of Nebuchadnezzar. So the land was quiet, Patsurina. They broke out in jubilation. Even the cypresses and the cedars of Lebanon rejoice. This, of course, could be the metaphor of the kings, the officers, the people, or it literally could mean the trees themselves, which he had a hat of despoiling. Nebuchadnezzar would destroy the vegetation in all the countries he conquered. And so that here it's saying um, that the Arsei Havanan, he will not be there to cut them down again. Show me tachas rabzo lecholekras boecha, that uh, what happens, all those, uh, the, the anger that he had brought, the Krasboecha, Orer Lechorifon Kolatude Oretz, Heikim Mishkisosam Komalche Goyim, that all of those kings breathed a collective sigh of relief that Nebuchadnezzar was no longer there uh, to torment. Um, Kulam Yanu Vayon, now these kings, 
that uh, had been as victimized as any others under Nebuchadnezzar. And they will say to you, Nebuchadnezzar, you have, ended, you have died like the rest of us, that you have ruled those of us who you have ruled over. They have brought down to the grave your arrogance. So you've been brought down to the grave, your arrogance has died, Nivolecha is your musical instruments are no longer. Instead, Yutsarimo, the maggots, eat your flesh, and the worms destroy your body. How you have been brought down from your lofty heights to the depths uh, to the lowest of all the nations. You said in your heart, Nebuchadnezzar was so arrogant. I will go up to the sky, above the Kodesh Baruch Hu, I will plant my throne there up in the outermost regions of the heavens, the Eshevahar Moed, the Yarkaset Safon. I will live on the Temple Mount in the nethermost reaches of the north, which would be the Beis Hamikdash. Ella al of Adam el I will raise my throne. I am like the Kaddish Baruch I am in the same category. Achel Shol Turad, you were brought down to the depths. El Yarkesei Bar, that is a play on words, as Nebuchadnezzar says, that the Yarkesei Tzafon, the high corners of the Tzafon. No, you will be in the corners of the pit, the bottomless pit of Gehenna. Roecha Elecha Yasiduchu Elecha Yisponu Hazel Ish Migregez Ish Marish Mamlachos, and that you will, those who see you will see how far you have fallen. Uh, the anger of the Kaddish Baruch that you once terrorized him is now turned on you. This point, we know Nebuchadnezzar is a terrible uh, History doesn't try and gloss it over. He was a terrible Russia, and yet, like as many. Russia, so bad of Russia wasn't that the Chachamim tell us when you hear the Buchatnetzer's name, you say Atzmos Saki, may his bones be crushed, much as you say Yimach Shmo. Uh, but here is the confusing part. It's like it's not that simple. It's not that black and white. Yes, he was a Russia, but we learn that at a certain time he had. Nevuos from the Kaddish Baruch Hu, that could be because of the fact that he was ruling over B'nai Yisrael, so the Kaddish Baruch Hu wanted him to understand, but he had a certain regard for certain Jewish things. We know that Daniel was elevated to his top counselors, uh, etc. And the Gemara tells us a fascinating Agadita that in Sanhedrin, Sadi Bey's Amud Bey's, that he had built this golden statue of himself, forced people to worship it. There were three of Daniel's compatriots uh, who did not worship it, who refused. Uh, Mishael, 
and uh, we Chananya Michael and Azaria, they were thrown into a furnace. The Kaddish Baruch Hu, uh, saved them, and the Buchanetzel witnesses that not only are these three not burning in this furnace, there's a fourth person there who is the angel Gabriel, and he acquires a tremendous respect. And I'm going to read from Sanhedrin when this happened. Um, the Buchadnezar, it says, Pasach, well, he begins his own praise to the Kaddish Baruch Hu. How great is the Kaddish Baruch Hu. How mighty are his wonders. His kingdom is everlasting and his dominion is with every generation. Omar Rev Yitzhak, after he concludes, if he doesn't quite conclude, Yitzhak Zahav Rosolotov Piv Shal Oso Russia. It's as if gold had poured into the mouth of that evil person and out came praises of the Kaddish Baruch So much so, listen to this, Sheilema Lobom Malach Vesatmo Al Piv, if an angel hadn't come at that moment and struck the Buchadnezzar on his mouth, interrupting that ode of praise. Bikesh Lagagos Kolshiros Mrshwakosha Omar David Besefer Tehillim. He would have threatened to put to shame all the songs and praises that David had written in Tehillim. In other words, he had that understanding, he had that level of vision that he rivaled King David in composing praises to the Kaddish Baruch It's a very complicated thing. And again, some of the Agadita says that there was a period where he went mad in Nebuchadnezzar and he lived with the animals, but he's restored. Some say later on that he did tshuva and converted. So it's not as simple, but what is apparent, he was a terrible, terrible Russia. And so we will see that um, he continues in his evil and what he does to, in fulfilling his evil promise in Mirza Hashem, 8.45 a.m. tomorrow.